Welcome, Wealth Warriors. This is Tiz Gambacorda's No BS Podcast, the only podcast that delivers the uncensored truth about business and investing success from the trenches straight to your earbuds. Download a free copy of the No BS Guide to Wealth at guide.tiz.tv. And now, once again, it's time to claim back the No BS truth about success and wealth. Hey everyone, it's uh, Dizgan Bakurta here from 8020 Research. I've got Alex Brown from the Beer Club. We're recording this live from Bangkok, mm-hmm. Affiliate World Asia. Um, you're speaking tomorrow on e-commerce, I believe. Yep. But before we cover any of that, um, for those who are not familiar with the brand yet, tell us a little bit more about you know, the Beer Club, what it is, and how it all started for you. Yeah, so the Beard Club, uh, the Beard Club was um, started in 2015, actually started before that. Um, uh, my co-founders and I had a couple different e-commerce companies that were doing um, relatively well, sort of. Um, we figured out how to brand things and launch them really well, right? Um, but weren't finding a lot of products that fit, so we started helping other companies do it. At that time, we were all growing at our beards. It was all super natural and felt right to us, so we started looking at the products that were out there. Uh-huh. Um, we didn't want to pay $20 for beard oil. We figured we could create beard oil that was you know, a dollar or $3 and sell it to a lot of people and do some viral marketing, so that's kind of how the idea was born. Um, and it really took off, it really resonated with people, the branding that we had, the content that we were creating, the videos that we were making were you know, being shared at mass and we were able to hit all these major media outlets and it was just received extremely well. So um, it was really fun the way it all rolled out. Also very stressful, made a lot of mistakes along the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool process building the business. It was just fun, you know, ma- making fun videos and stuff. And, and so I'm, I'm curious here, Alex, you know, a lot of people uh, are attending this event and, you know, they're all looking at, you know, how can I get this cheap product from China and, and how can I make, you know, X many thousands of dollars a day, right? So what made you make that transition that early on from, you know, unbranded traditional e-com to, you know, pretty much a huge brand? Um, it happened pretty naturally, honestly. Um, it just sort of felt right, and we saw an opportunity in the marketplace, something that wasn't being um, dominated by any one player, um, messaging that wasn't being capitalized on. Um, so we just kind of fell into it, to be honest. It just felt super natural and super organic, and um, it's kind of the way it rolled out. Interesting. Yeah. And so the, uh, you mentioned viral marketing, yeah. which obviously has been huge for you guys. So what, you know, what did you guys do? Um, I mean, we've had all kinds of videos that went viral. We've had all kinds of videos that didn't go viral. Um, we've learned a lot in the process. Um, what we were really good at is getting people to click the share button um, and really connecting with people. Um, when you look at Beard Club, something that we tapped into really well was like this underlying current that was already going on between guys with beards. So, right. you know, you've probably seen it. A guy with a beard walks in a room, another big big bearded guy, they kind of like acknowledge each other. It's like a motorcycle <laughs> wave. You know, right. You know, I, a Tesla wave now. Okay. Right? So I drive this, you know. People were already part of that club, and so we sort of hijacked it, right? And we played into the identity of, this is what it means to be a bearded man. You know, you are yourself, um, you're authentic, um, you know, you say no to putting chemicals on yourself and stuff. So like, we kind of created this identity of what a bearded man should be, um, and people really resonated with that. Um, Not all of our videos went viral, and they weren't all successes, certainly, but um, when we had a really cool, authentic video that made people laugh, they wanted to share it, and so that, uh, organic reach and those snowballs helped us reach a lot of people. And so uh, you, you, you've mentioned we a number of times. So who, who's we in the business? And, and you know, for those who are watching this, who are looking to get started into Ecom, how, how are you splitting responsibilities within the business? You know, who's doing what? Yeah, I mean, so our, our situation was kind of unique. We, like I said, um, you know, I, I moved to California. I'm from Toronto originally. Right. I moved to California 
uh, four years ago um, to help my business partner with a couple of projects he had on the go. Um, and so he'd already crowdfunded a couple of things and needed my help with the operations and stuff. And we started to identify more and more people within our network that wanted to come and build companies with us and get involved. So, you know, eventually we had people that were in video that were creating websites and we sort of created this conglomerate, if you will, of people that were providing services for our clients as an agency. Um, and so by the time we were ready to start Beard Club, we had a really strong alliance with a lot of people that we were able to say like, hey, can you help us build the website? You, you know, we retained a lot of our early talent by giving them equity in the business. So. Um, our cap table is pretty massive, but um, you know we have a lot of amazing people that were involved in the business and incentivized to like whether it was you know build the website as efficiently as possible or shoot videos as genuinely as possible. Um, everyone had ownership in that to some degree um, and felt a part of the process. So it was kind of everyone's company uh, from the get-go, which allowed us to you know to do a lot on a very limited budget and bootstrap really effectively. So you, you, you mentioned you started the the company I think 2015. Yeah. Um, can you for for those who are not fully familiar with the brand, so can you share some numbers, what you've achieved so far? Yeah, I mean, our, our first year was insane. We went from like doing nothing at all to $10 million in sales, which I know for some of the people at an event like this, you know, they'll do $10 million a month, so it's not sure. a lot. Um, but we weren't doing any email marketing, no upsells. We went basically a year um, into the business, we'd sent like three emails, which were announcing new videos. Like, <laughs> we, we had a really That's successful right. e-commerce business, but we didn't know really anything about e-commerce marketing. And because we'd built such a strong brand through these videos and through this identity and creating this club, we bought ourselves time to figure all the other stuff out and conversion rate optimization and all these different things. Um, so, you know, through that process, we, we definitely learned a lot. Um, and, you know, $10 million in our first year, we've been very consistent since then. Um, we hit a couple different plateaus as we worked through things like, you know, retention. Um, we have like what I like to say, like a retention fetish, or sorry, an attention acquisition fetish. Where we're like, oh, we have all these people right. coming in, but we weren't, you know, being careful with our um, our customer experience. And we realized that, you know, we were very transactional in nature. Here, these people were coming to us; they were attracted to this identity of what it means to be a bearded man, and I want to join the beard club. And they'd get in there, and they just you know, they'd have products, they'd buy products, and that would be it. So we started to craft a more carefully designed customer experience. Right. Um, we had a lot of website issues that we had to work through. Um, this was like, you know, when we started building, it was probably near uh, the very beginning of 2015. Um, and things like Shopify didn't have, um, you know, very rigorous solutions for people that had 10 different SKUs. Right. Um, so, you know, we had to build a custom website and that came with a lot of problems, something I wouldn't recommend any doing, anyone doing. Um, go with something like Shopify or WooCommerce from the get-go. Um, so yeah, we faced a, you know, a number of different things to make it a scalable business and now we have the foundation that's actually something we can build on, upon. Like, we hadn't done any affiliate traffic whatsoever, which is ironic because we're at Affiliate World. I know, right? Um, but we knew that we would be burning bridges if we didn't have the right um, structures in, in place to capitalize on the back end of, you know, bringing somebody in um, for you know a higher acquisition cost, um, we would have you know not been able to make money on the back end of that. Fortunately, we are like we're a subscription-based business, so uh, we have the opportunity to make money in the long term. But um, we're just really careful not to try and expend all of the growth tricks right away until we knew that we tightened everything up. We saw a lot of holes in the business, and yeah. we we're like, cool, we want to solve these issues and. You know, then put the gas on the fire, if you will. And so that's the plateaus you're referring to. Yeah. I suspect. Yeah. So we've kind of been working through those, and like, you know, this is the best. November was the best month that we've had since we started. So things are going really well. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And so in in um, you know in in, in that respect, 
it sounds like you kind of went the, the opposite way, right? So most people would start, you know, the actual yeah. business and then they would, an agency would come out of it. You kind of had more of an agency, but it sounds like it's slash consulting yeah, yeah. business. And then you, you kind of, you went into doing the actual thing. And more than that, you went into, to a certain extent, I guess, a, a new market, a new brand. Mm. So for, for those who are watching this and who are like, you know, really feel passionate about a product, you know, the typical entrepreneurial advice is, no, is, is go for something that's proven first. You went for the unproven. So what advice, you know, what, some, maybe some actionable insights you can share with people who are kind of thinking of going down the same route? I mean, like nothing that we've done is in any way like special, I don't think, or different okay. because like our products are very much similar to what else is on the market. And um, we were able to package that up with the identity that I was talking about to create this sort of beyond the product feel. Yeah. And this was something that we realized long after we'd um, launched the business and we're, you know, we're like, so what, what is the reason we're being successful with these products? I mean, they're, you know, um, they're good products, but they're not like sp spectacularly different than anything else, but people were buying more of our products than other ones. Um, and it really came down to us nailing that um, sort of messaging and, you know, our content being so in line with what people were actually buying, which was, you know, they wanted to feel more confident. They wanted to feel like they were a part of something bigger than themselves, right? So I think if someone's passionate about uh, a product or an industry that might be crowded, um, there are lots of different ways that you can do it to make it relevant to people that are underserved, um, to include people that feel like um, that solution might not be for them. Um, and if you really believe in something and believe that it solves problems and it actually is valuable, then you know you can get really creative in finding ways to to reach new people with that message that are being underserved. You know, got it. Yeah. And, and so throughout this process, have you had any mentors? What roles have mentors played? Um, yeah, I've I've had lots of mentors. I've been going to um, a number of different mastermind groups um, and just kind of like you know met some amazing people in business. Um, you know, some stick out like there's a man named Ron Lynch who was really involved in GoPro early on and helped them with their branding and their rollout. And he's like a father figure to me. Um, I've just been blessed, I think, more more so than mentors to have like peers that I've talked to that, you know, are willing to, you know, share secrets and share ideas, but also kind of like share their own vulnerability and their own journey where, right. you know, people are like, oh, Beard Club's so amazing. Like, how did you guys do this? And like, you know, to, to dissect it, I'm like, you know, sometimes you know, some of it was luck and we were at the right place at the right time, but also yeah. like we pushed through a lot of really hard times and a lot of really difficult failures. So talking to another high level entrepreneur and just hearing him go like, you know, I screw up all the time. I don't know what I'm doing and, you know, I'm working through it and figuring it out. You kind of realize that everyone's just split testing everything as they go, you know, and uh, continue learning. So um, I've had some great mentors, but I think more than anything, it's just being networked with the right people and, and having the, you know, the vibe stay high and the feedback loop open I, I think you mentioned something here which is you know selling an identity selling a lot more than just a product mm -hmm. selling you know the, the end result um, for those who are in a crowded marketplace um, and who are looking to sell a commodity what actionable steps could you recommend something that they can implement today as they watch this to sell beyond the product stand out in a crowded marketplace <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I would say the best thing that you could possibly do is talk to your most fanatical customers, the people who love you the most, and um, kind of ask them, like, 
we have a couple guys that got our logo, like the Beard Club logo, tattooed on their arm. We, wow, this okay, is yeah. really cool. Like, <laughs> built something that like someone has a tattoo of. Um, and it took a couple months. We sent them a bunch of free product and kept in touch with them. And they were cool dudes. And eventually, I was, like, we had a yearly planning meeting coming up. And I was like, well, I should probably get some insight and like frame this next year and what we want to do and what our vision is and stuff. And um, in talking to this guy, he was like, oh, well, this is where we understood what we were selling beyond the product, which was right. like, he's like, um, you know, I'm not a very confident guy. It's hard for me to go out and meet with a beard we can do the beard wave i can talk about my beard club tattoo and talk about the products it broke down that barrier for me so now i feel like i'm part of a community you know i'm not that confident but you know put, put the beard oil on i have this daily routine and i'm taking care of myself so i'm worth taking care of you know um so like if you go and talk to like you know your best customers and just sort of ask them what has attracted them to you more than anything um that's a great place to start um, i think most people inherently sort of know what they're selling beyond the product, um, but really kind of exploring it and like getting clear on what, like why you exist as a company. Like what, what's the reason beyond money, you know, yeah. are you selling this product? Like what is it that you're actually helping, hoping to do for people? Um, I think most people, like I said, already know that, but um, you can go out and you can talk to other people who will hold the mirror up for you so you can actually say that and then say it out loud and understand that. But yeah, those are two things I would say is just kind of really looking into why you're doing this and why you started and what you want that result to be and then also talking to the people that are buying your products. People that you have right now are the most valuable people in your business that are buying from you, in my opinion, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So just one, one last question as we wrap up. Um, what, what challenges are you facing now and, and what are you doing about them? Um, as a company or personally? Well, that's a, <laughs> I, I meant as a company, but you know, I'll, 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 I'll let you go freestyle. <laughs> um, I think like, We've worked through, like I said, a lot of our issues that we had as a business. There's still always issues that come up, but um, building in a more structured um, back end to our business and a more scalable business as opposed to something that was really based on sensational marketing, um, which allowed us again to, to create this growth, but yeah. wasn't wasn't sustainable. You know, you can't just keep going like this all the time. Sure. Um, so, you know, a lot of those issues have been solved and. Um, we're now doing some rapid testing on things that do work. Um, I think like on a personal front, which I love in talking about this because this has been like a struggle for me the last couple of years is just really like staying within this entrepreneurial journey like on a daily basis. Right. I spent a lot of time like while I was doing really cool things with Beard Club would still be like, oh man, I just can't wait until we get to this point or, you know, cross this revenue threshold or, you know, I have this much money in the bank so I can retire my parents and you know, all these different goals that I had that were keeping me from actually enjoying like what I was doing right now. Because th those goals for me always keep changing, right? Like the future never really um, exists, what exists is right now. So I think that's something that a lot of people that are either career driven or entrepreneurial um, really struggle with is you know, staying present and actually enjoying the, the journey itself instead of just viewing the destination and wanting to go through there. That, that's so interesting because, you know, the, the, the staying present is, is something that, you know, we, we all, you know, yeah. face challenges with as entrepreneurs. And as you said, you know, you hit a goal, you move on to the next one and so on. So what do you meditate or, or how do you, you know, practice gratitude? Like, how do you stay um, present? Yeah, I mean, I do a lot of uh, a lot of journaling. I'm not the right. best yeah. consistent practitioner of meditation, but I'm getting better at it. 
Um, I think like, you know, I travel a lot for work. I'm a full-time nomad right now for the most part. So um, for me, physical fitness has helped me clear my mind a lot and like kind of reset myself every day. Um, but yeah, certainly like gratitude and just kind of like remembering to breathe and just like taking a moment, you know, just not necessarily sitting down and meditating for 10 minutes, but just like catching yourself and just, okay, I'm right here right now. Yeah. It takes practice though. Like you said, it's, it's not this, just the struggle of, of entrepreneurs or career driven people, it's the struggle of humanity to, to not be obsessed with the future or worried about the past, worried about the future or, you know, stressing about the past. Yeah. yeah. That's very, uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of becomes more of a philosophical point, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's funny, we're, we're recording this in Thailand where obviously a lot of people are Buddhists, which yeah. centers around exactly that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you also mentioned, um, you know, that you have an accelerator, you're helping others kind of you know build their their businesses uh what is it about and and for those who are interested how can they find out more about it yeah so it's called the sexy nerd accelerator um which is sort of like a kind of a funny way of that i've framed it that um you know people should be looking at both the sexy parts of their business like the branding the content the customer experience and then the nerdy parts like conversion rate optimization and finance and operations kind of like really as a big picture thing um, because we'd either been focused too much on branding or too much on operations and you can't really scale an e-commerce business until you understand the whole picture so um, yeah I, I pivoted into the you know advisory space because I started basically brain dumping of like what do I wish I knew when I started this business and like how could I help somebody avoid all these really costly mistakes that you know kept me from being present for so long <laughs> yeah. um, and so yeah I've, I've launched an accelerator program you find more at uh, sexynerd.co um, but yeah, it's really focused on helping people that already have some sales and already have traction in their business that want to build something that's more structured and scalable as opposed to focus on just acquiring a ton more customers. Um, it's really about how to build something that's going to be eventually a sellable asset for you if that's your intention. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that, that, that's so important to... This is kind of, you know, the, the 3.0 perspective, right? In the sense that, you know, most people out there would focus on customer acquisition, front-end sales, whereas, you know, what... what that's key, yeah, back end and, and well, setting the asset. We, we did that, but as soon as we turned off the videos or turned off the ads, um, you know, the business would cease to exist, right? If you build something that's strong and structured and scalable, like you can, you can go beyond, you know, channels and, and have like a really great business that, that supports itself to some degree. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, Alex, it's been amazing. Thank you great so much. Great chatting. Yeah, thanks for having Take me. Take care. Take care, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, select the bell icon so you can get notified every time we launch a new episode, or leave a five-star review if you're listening to this as a podcast. Before you leave, don't forget to click on that link in the description box, or go to guide.tiz.tv to get free instant access to the No BS Guide to Wealth. Thank you, and see you in the next episode.